action. Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Average Critics, joined as usual by Obi and Chris. How are you both? I'm shaken Good, and not thanks. stirred. Oh, do you know why it's shaken and not stirred? Why? So, oh, fuck, which way round is it? Okay, so if it's stirred, then all of the ingredients get mixed together, right? But if it's shaken, the water stays on top. And therefore, that's why 007 goes for shaken, not stirred. Interesting. Really? I so, he ne- so he never gets drunk because he's, he's always drinking the water on top. Whatever way around it is, I don't know what way oh, around right. it is. But okay. Turn so, I, I saw it today on someone's I podcast. I thought it was to do with the temperature. All right, fuck you then, Glenn. All right, maybe I, I might wrong. be wrong. No, it's too late now. You debunked my... if you shake it, you shake it with ice and then it becomes cold. If you stir it, you've just got all the lukewarm ingredients. Um, I don't know that for sure, though. If anyone wants to give us a definitive answer, please tweet us at YSCpodcast17. Right, so shaking them rather than stirring, a martini has two principal effects. One, the rapid movement of ice is shaken, more of the ice than gently stirring, thereby diluting the drink. Two, the drink is likely to be cloudy rather than clear. For martini drinkers, both effects are undesirable. Okay. Thanks for clearing that up. Um. (laughs) That's kind of right. That's kind of right. Yep, because give you that one. Diluted. I'll take it. I'll take it. Take the W. Um, is there any film news? Anything that we've come across on the timeline, or you uh, know, I know obviously uh, all the broadsheets that you guys read. Um, well, for all the characters who who are and aren't returning for TV series or reprising their roles as characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh yeah, so you sent this through in the group chat. So I think that's official. Okay, so possibly official that they are recasting uh, some of the characters from the Defenders. I guess we'll call it the Defenders, um, you know, broadly. Um, so, yeah, the post was saying John Bernthal and Kristen Ritter returning, um, but they are recasting Iron Fist, Elektra, um, Luke Cage, and you said that was Bullseye. So... Allegedly, Manny Jacinto is going to be cast as Iron Fist, Isaac Gonzalez as Elektra, Travante Rhodes, who was in um, Barry Jenkins' film. Moonlight. Moonlight, thank you. Um, as Luke Cage and Boyd Holbrook, who is currently starring in The Sandman, as Bullseye. Um, I mean, any strong thoughts about any of those casting uh keeping any of those actors keeping their roles or any recasting um i quite like uh to be honest actually i'm not really basing this off much but i like the idea of manny jacinto playing um iron fist but i've also only seen him in the in a good place so his role is very very like limited in terms of range it's just a basically just a comedic role well well, well, he plays a silent monk and then a delinquent, all right? How do you know, Obi, in that in that series? Okay, like I said, very little, very little, <laughs> very, very little range. Um, so yeah, apparently I, he was in Top Gun Maverick. Was he? Hmm. Oh, that's that's really another bit of news actually. Top Gun Maverick coming beating um, Avengers, isn't it? In the all-time charts now. Avengers Endgame at the domestic box office, I think it is. That's that's insane. I'm sorry. It's made $1.4 billion. That is absolutely mental. What? Like, I know Top Gun's like a real famous film, 
like the original. But I never thought it was like a film that everyone was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Let's, and then everyone's now like, let's go and see the second one. It was a bit. It was a big thing when it came out in the eighties. Was it? Okay. It was like the cultural. It's like you know, like how like like Rocky Karate mm-hmm. Kid. Like it's like that sort of like cult following. It was a big yeah. big thing. Fair enough. I also, yeah. I also just think like I can't think of another action blockbuster this year. You know, a lot of it's superhero films, um, or like smaller independent films. This was kind of like just different wasn't it and you had that nostalgia factor you had like really good word of mouth i think mm. um and yeah it's just captured that zeitgeist i mean remember like a few years ago american sniper also had yeah. i mean obviously it didn't make 1.4 billion but it was like this film that no one really expected to be do bits but like well, it captured that american like i was gonna yeah, say like, i think yeah i think i think patriotism has a bit to do with it as well like american armed forces blah 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 blah. plus tom cruise you know plus nostalgia and it's all you know mix it all together definitely um but yeah sure, sorry well, so well, manny well, jacinto so yeah I, th- I think iron fist was probably the most obvious one that needs to recast because um isn't the character wasn't it whitewashed or um I want to say yes, but I actually don't know if that's 100% true. Mm. But either way, there's a lot of ties to like Asian culture within Iron Fist. And so um, Manny Jacinto was born in the Philippines. So, um, you know, there's, uh, they're undoing their whitewashing there. I mean, I quite liked um, the actress that played Electra, but I wasn't, Same. I wasn't like, didn't picture her and go, she is that. Like John Bernthal for me. I can't now separate him from Punisher because I think he did such a good job. Mm. Um, I'm not necessarily the same with Kristen Ritter. If they recast Jessica Jones, it wouldn't have bothered me. Um, I think the difference is whether the actual actors themselves wanted to come back and then obviously how well their their individual series did. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean... I was going to say as well, sorry, that uh, I I actually quite liked Luke Cage as, uh, uh, sorry, Mike Coulter as Luke Cage. Um, but then, so this is the thing, because I don't know much about like the comics and stuff and like the, the source material. So for all I know, people could be like, oh, Mike Coulter is nothing like the Luke Cage from the comics, blah, 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 blah. So whatever. But from my experience, I quite liked him in that, in that, as that character. I don't love the idea of Trevante Rhodes now being Luke Cage, but I've been wrong before, so. Yeah, I, I, just, I just don't feel like Luke Cage needed recast, recasting, to be honest. Yeah, it wasn't one of those egregious performances, you know. Mm. Um, and I can't comment on Bullseye because I didn't watch that far in uh, there. He was good. That guy was really good as Bullseye. I thought, anyway. Mm. Do you remember the actor's name? Not Scooby. But he was supposed to, um, he auditioned to be, he was, he was almost Captain America, I believe. Oh, okay. There's no announcement of where these people may turn up. Um, I think, and this may be a good segue into She-Hulk, that we might get some of those characters in small um, doses in She-Hulk because it is a kind of lawyer procedural comedy um, and the kind of 
producers and creators have said that there are lots of cameos in it. We already know that Daredevil is going to show up at some point, so it makes sense if like Foggy and Karen and um, maybe even Jessica Jones with her kind of detective background appear in it. Mm. <clears throat> Wonder if uh, Rosario Dawson will appear as Claire Temple in, in any of these shows. I feel like that's one that they will recast. Um, not because like she's bad or anything, she's actually quite good, but I don't know, I just think she, I think they'll kind of use her as like, I don't think she'll be as key in these shows as she was in the other ones. Like in the other ones, I feel like she was like one of like the connecting tissues between the shows. Mm. And I don't think they're going to do that with this. I feel like they're going to try and branch off and use her something else, especially now she's doing, um, she's got all her, all her Star Wars stuff going on as well. Ahsoka. Ashoka, Ashoka, whatever, that's a bit wrong. Um, yes, fair enough. Well, let's talk about She-Hulk then. I presume we've all seen it. It was only 34 minutes long. Yep. So hopefully in the last few days you've had a chance. Chris, are you up to speed? I think I'm, I'm pretty sure we spoke about it the other day. I'm pretty sure you've seen it. Okay, I'll take that. Yes. Sorry, uh, having technical <laughs> issues over the side. Yes, I have seen it. <laughs> Okay, thank you for confirming. Um, so, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Uh, first episode's come out. They didn't give us two or three at once, which um, I maybe was maybe a little surprised about, considering they're quite short. Uh, this is going to be nine episodes. It focuses on Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk, who's played by Tatiana Maslany, of orphan black fame. Um, so the first episode starts with with her kind of having a to do with one of her fellow uh, attorneys and then she's kind of like she wins that argument gets a case and then she opens the door to go out into office turns around and is like oh yeah you know um there's a reference made to her going green or or hulking out or something like that and, and she kind of looks to the camera and goes oh yeah uh, i'm a hulk and this is how it happened and so we kind of flash back to her driving along a um uh, what do they call them? Highway uh, with her cousin Bruce Banner, who we know is the Incredible Hulk. Um, so they're driving along, just having some bants about whether Captain America may or may not be a virgin. Then a Sakaran spaceship comes down, um, causing them to crash all of the road. Uh, they all have their cuts and bruises, and Jennifer gets accidentally cross-contaminated with uh, Bruce Banner's um, blood. Can I interject? Sorry, again, can I interject? Yep. Sorry. This is, I like the premise of, uh, like, the car crash and all that stuff like that. The fact that Hulk, she gets Hulk stuff by the Hulk's blood dripping into her blood, I think is really, is really shit, personally. Okay. I don't know. I think well, we could talk but... in a sec about how they've slightly changed the origin sorry. of this. I don't, know uh, what her, I don't know what her origin is, to be fair, <clears> but I just thought that was rubbish. But anyway. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so she gets Banner's blood in her, um, and she Hulks out. And so then much of the rest of the episode is, is Bruce kind of speaking to her about trying to train her to be a Hulk. But she's actually a lot more advanced in how she deals with it than he ever was. So we saw at the end of um, Shang-Chi that Bruce was in his human form, which was a surprise because the last time we'd seen him in Endgame, he was in his smart Hulk form, which actually wasn't coined at that point, but had the Bruce brain in the Hulk body. He describes Shit that name. He, yeah, he describes that he managed to find a device that kept them both uh, 
he could then switch to human form. Uh, that breaks in the crash, so he's smart Hulk again. Um, so he has this 15-year binder about how he's managed to cope with the other voice inside, but Jen doesn't seem to have that. She is just her and can transform in between human and Hulk form. Um, not quite at the beginning. Uh, she still has to control her anger and stuff, but there's a, a quite impassioned talk about how women often have to hold that rage in anyway because of the way society treats them um and then her and bruce have a little bit of sibling rivalry get into a little bit of a fight um but then we get back to the present uh jen wins her court case um or is giving her court case and then tatiana uh who's played by jamila jamil bursts through the door and she hulks out and this Sorry, this last scene was shot terribly. Yeah. <laughs> terribly. Yeah. The way uh, Tatiana kind of just flies through the air, yeah. like kind of like um, uh, Carrie Fisher in uh, The Last Jedi. It's such a, such a, such a weak villain. Uh, well, it, yeah. And like the whole setup was just so... Well, there's not really cool. any... Set, like it's just, it's all, um, it's kind of cobbled together, I feel like. The, like. The last two minutes is like, there's no exposition whatsoever. She just kind of turns up, bursts through the door, then she hulks out, then bad camera angle, bad camera angle, bad camera angle, then she's on the floor, and then she puts her shoes back on. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I imagine yeah. we'll see a bit more of Tatiana. I hope so, yeah. I feel like they're trying, they're seriously trying to hit the comedic factor in that, in that last section. It reminded me of, do you know when you watch Family Guy and then all of a sudden the Kool-Aid thing will kick through the yeah. wall? Like, oh, yeah. What, what, what's the catchphrase it says? No, it is, like, it is oh, yeah, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I just, like all I could think of was that when Tatiana comes through the wall. But yeah, so this is kind of pitched as a legal comedy, I guess, uh, with a sprinkling of superheroes. So did it hit that comedic note for you, Chris? comedic note um i don't know if it was like very funny i can't remember anything that made me laugh out loud um mm. but it was a good i like yeah i can't remember something that anything made me laugh out loud uh maybe the post credit scene where she says i laughed at that too. captain america fuck and it cuts oh yeah i mean yeah it was all right <laughs> i mean i mean i don't really think that actually makes sense, that last post credit scene, so... Well, you don't think Captain America fucks? I think he does, I just don't think he... I think he was saving himself for... Um... Carter, so... Seems a bit strange that he... In that scene... Hey, look, even moment. Ned Stark just, you know, breaks his vows, alright? Actually, he didn't, but, you know... Well, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, I don't know if it was a very comedic series uh, episode, but it was a it was a good episode, I would say, as a starter. Um, I do think they copped out on a lot of uh, cop cop out. They did a lot of cop outs in in this ep- uh, episode, um, mainly the shift from Bruce Banner's broken arm to Smart Hulk to permanent Smart Hulk, uh, Jane getting her powers, but being able to like not have any of the issues that Hulk has, I think was a bit of a cop-out. But, I mean, her original origin is she has a blood transfusion from having an injury from a crime boss. Um, I actually think that probably would have been a bit better. Um, and well, I think it, I think that Hulk, the, Bruce Banner making a device to switch between Hulk and himself 
was a bit of a cop out as well. Um, obviously, I think they've done it to try and do it as like a a doorway almost into the other scenes we've seen him in. Um, but yeah, I just don't like Smart Hulk. I'd rather go back to Bruce Banner and mean big nasty Hulk. Fair enough. Um, so I mean, on the point about her origin, yeah, like Chris said, she originally needed a transfusion and and bruce banner was the only one that could do it but he didn't want to obviously because he didn't want to give someone hulk powers but did in the end um so there was a empire podcast um which spoke to jessica gal who's the creator and she said that they changed it because she felt that with the journey we've seen bruce banner go on um they didn't think that he would actually ever knowingly give someone that burden and so it didn't ring true for them um See, i know what you mean it's a bit contrived but i think so i think the way that they could have mixed in the two what they did and what was written before is that they get in this car crash and she's like basically about like if it was like a life or death situation like either you give her the blood or she's about to die because of the car crash and then you give it and then you give he gives her the blood because he had to otherwise she would like he would rather that than she'd be dead i think that would have been a good little middle 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 uh, solution yeah but yeah fair enough it doesn't massively impact my viewing of it but i no. i get that i think the same with the smart hulk thing really i think they're doing it to try and just like give audiences a bit of answer a few questions they might have because obviously from end game to shang chi you're like well what happened and they're like mm. oh yeah he did this thing oh that's broken you know it's like uh okay well you've answered it but it's not that satisfying um but they end up just tying themselves in knots. But yeah, Obi, yeah. what did what, what what were your thoughts on the first episode? Um, yeah, <clears throat> I so I, I liked it uh, for the I would say I liked maybe eight probably eight percent of it. Um, so for the vast majority of it, um, I think that I would say it's more amusing than it is funny. Great. So there's like points where I maybe like <laughs> or like chuckled at not, but like nothing that I like actually found like genuinely like laugh out loud laughing kind of thing which is fine like i'm not you know there's a i'm a sitcom guy to be fair so like this is more if you're talking about like genres of tv that i like like sitcoms are like kind of my wheelhouse but it doesn't mean you have to kind of like make me burst out loud laughing every two minutes as long as it's not like unfunny actively unfunny then i'm cool with it to be honest um i think that i agree with chris actually in uh jennifer kind of everything coming super easy to her i think i didn't uh love um because it's kind of a thing where like and i know this might sound a bit like uh i don't know like uh toxic masculinity or whatever blah, blah, whatever but i wanted her to maybe just struggle just struggle a little bit and then by the end of the episode you come to terms with it everything but like maybe maybe you know maybe not have that you don't have to have the um what's it called the dual personality that's fine but maybe struggle a bit with all like the other aspects of being the hulk and then by the end of the episode then you're like okay we fixed this we're good but she's that everything came so easy to her and you could see i felt i quite like that she was finding really easy and the hulk was actively getting annoyed at that i found that quite funny actually so maybe so i guess maybe that's actually a good thing um, yeah it's done for efficiency and yeah. comedy as well of course we've seen bruce's journey so like there's no point replicating that just in a woman body do you know i, I mean? did i did think that yeah absolutely i agree with that uh but i did think as well that um i felt like 
that first episode kind of minimised Bruce's experience a little bit. Um, in the fact that, like, I'm just thinking of like, um, I think it's, I think it's, is it the first Avengers where he tells, I think he tells Natasha that like he tried to put, a, basically tried to kill himself, um, mm. but like that just couldn't, uh, the Hulk wouldn't let him do that, and that's like quite like actually, and even the first Hulk, the Incredible Hulk film, 2008, in and of itself is quite like, Bruce uh, Banner is going through like quite a traumatic experience kind of thing, and then you come to, <laughs> to this one, and I suppose this to do with the genre but like Jen's kind of like oh, fuck all that shit like I don't need to do it <laughs> like, you, like you had your, your problems I ain't got none of that so let's move on kind of thing let me leave yeah she's got 99 problems but being a whole game one apparently not do you, but, on, do, you, do, you, do you think it could be because of the they haven't I mean they have got the rights to Hulk now but they don't technically have the rights to Hulk till like July uh, next year or something is it next year apparently they have the right they've, bought, they've got the rights back off of um, Universal Okay, but I, Do I think, think that's the reason for maybe they can't tell a lot of the story of Hulk. Uh, I, I think they know. just weren't allowed to do a solo, were they? But I think yeah. you're right because I've heard that yeah, Universal lose the rights soon, and then they might have to take that ride out of their theme park or something. But yeah, um, I'm um, also glad in terms of design that She-Hulk is is just like a taller version of Jen rather than a like wider and taller well, as well. Do you, do you know the weirdest thing though? Like, I feel like she's meant to be really, really tall, but in one of the scenes, she gets really tall. She smashes up like the uh, the blades and whatever, and then you go back to looking at her, and Hulk is like, like because of the camera angle, it makes Hulk look like he's proper looking down on her. She's supposed to be six foot seven, apparently. Oh, is that? Oh, yeah, that's what it said on the uh, little intro of the. Uh... Oh, fair enough. Then. Maybe that explains why, because I assume Hulk's about eight foot, nine foot. So, mm. okay. Um, the CGI's done better though. The CGI looks decent. I would yeah. say. Doesn't look yeah. horrendous. Like yeah. I think the trailer looks pretty horrendous. I would say, um, but it looks fine. I think the CGI. Sorry, and I was going to ask about that. The CGI and Hulk in particular, I think actually looks really good. But um, on on Jenny looks fine. I would say. Um. In terms of like, I'm looking forward to kind of, I like all like the fourth wall breaking that she does. Because um, that just kind of like reminds me of like, you know, like um, like Malcolm in the Middle, for example, used to do that. And, you know, like people like when you're watching The Office, they do stuff like that. So that's kind of like, and even when they did uh, those couple episodes of WandaVision as well, they did I, that stuff like that. I was, just, I was about to say, the fourth wall has been broken quite a few times. Like really, in, like indiscreetly, like indiscreetly, discreetly. Like I feel like it was, I think... Do you mean Vision, in the show or in the MCU in general? In the MCU in general, like, because a lot of people are like, oh, it's the first time the full floor's been broken, la 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 la. Obviously, like, Wonder Vision, the full floor is broken. I think by both Vision and Wonder, I think, obviously, we had Deadpool, if he's included or not. I think, and I think there's been a few other films or series that we've seen, and that some a character has looked directly in the camera, whether that's on yeah. purpose or not. De- Deadpool for sure. I think Wonder Vision is slightly different only because it was like within. The realm like, of the TV yeah, series. If yeah, if that makes sense, rather than the actual show itself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, um, Wanda did it in Doctor Strange, Multiverse Madness. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, very yeah. briefly, where she looks at the photo and then she looks at the camera. But Deadpool's not in the MCU, technically. Like, the first two Deadpool films are not canonical at this point. So, mm. I guess, yeah, this is maybe, you know, on, on a technicality. Could be. <laughs> one of the um, yeah, but I think it's I think it's a solid start. I'm looking. I'm hoping that 
we get a bit more fleshed out about um, Jamila Jamil's character. Um, I think you said uh, Tatiana, was her name? Because um, mm. that last scene was a bit, I thought was a bit jarring. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be quite, it's, it looks like it's going to be quite like a light-hearted show, which I don't mind. Like a pretty easy watch, which I, again, and it, I think it doesn't have to be like, I'm not looking at the show to think like, oh, this needs to connect to the films kind of thing. I just kind of like, I'm looking at the show to think, okay, what what are we what are you giving me here like that's different from what we've given us in these tv shows already yeah agreed i i, I didn't mind it at all i had quite low expectations for it um based on the trailer and it surpassed those i also thought uh tatiana maslani um was she had good energy with the with it um mm. so i liked her in the role uh jamila jamil is titania I um, keep saying Tatiana because that's She-Hulk's actress. Right. So Titania or Titania. I don't know how you'd say that. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, interesting to see how, how we go on with that. I think most episodes have a post credit scene. So be aware. Yeah, I th- I, apparently all of them do. But um, I, I think like they've actually done really well with this actress. Because if you, what is it, Orphan? Black. Black. It is Orphan Black. Okay, right. That is like, that is such a good series. I don't know if all the seasons were good, but... Like she has such range in that because she has to play several different characters in it, so it's like I feel like they've chosen a good actress for this for this role. Um, Just quickly, yeah. um, do you think they come back? So you know, obviously they were. Um, I don't know if they were attacked or whatever, but this Hakar spaceship. Do you think we get a link back into that, or do you think that's just a throwaway? Well, he, he did say that they do that quite often, don't they? And they probably send them just wanted to give him a message, didn't they? Do you think we'll find out what that message was? I hope so. I think I think it's probably the Grandmaster asking the Hulk to come back. Do you to, want to hear to um, in the sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. I just said it really slow. Apologies. No, sorry. I was going to say, do you want to hear um, a theory that I heard? Got him. Yes. So the theory that I heard, apparently um, in the World War Hulk comics, um, basically when Hulk goes to Sakaar, um, for however many years he goes off and has a son comes back to earth and whatnot and obviously becomes Bruce Banner whatever whatever forgets that he's got a son and basically his son comes back to look for him and he's pissed because obviously his dad's fucked off and basically Hulk gets gets comes goes with his son back to Sakaar and and that goes and fights up over there so like Chris you were saying with like all the um with the uh what's it called the rights coming back next year People were theorizing that maybe the end of this series, you find out that Hulk's got a son, and that might lead into like a World War Hulk film that comes out in the next few years. Mm, or whatever. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'd hope that they wouldn't um, tease something like that to not pay it off at all, mm. because they could have had any reason for that car crash. You know, they, they, they've obviously made a choice that it's a Sakarian ship. Um, so yeah, to pay it off would be good, even if it is like you said right at the end you know we see that ship and mm. small hulk gets out or something so hulk fucks as well yeah <laughs> i also i will say as well actually i also sorry just to try to forget um i really like uh the like little uh, cabin or whatever it is that they're at like that like tony and um, bruce built together like showing that they're actually like really close friends kind of thing i really like that yeah that was a nice touch and the t uh ts and bb etched into it yeah um 
which was oh. kind of the, which is kind of ruined when she etched her name in it. But, <laughs> yeah, that was kind but, of. Um, I suppose yeah. she did rebuild it, but yeah, it I did, feel did. like that took like really the sentiment behind it really took it away. Uh, <laughs> but I suppose it was meant to show the bond in between her and Mr. Banner himself. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah. yeah, don't. I don't really see it as a comedy so far. I'm gonna be honest. I feel. Yeah, I feel your comment earlier. It's amusing, mm. but I don't see it as like a. Ha 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 ha! Comedy, and I feel like the characters they're gonna bring in really did just ha- can could detect like like because I because I obviously we all read bits and pieces that we see online, but like we assume that um who's the Grey Hulk um Abomination Abomination is gonna come in it right yeah and if they start making him comedic I'm gonna be a bit like do I need every character to be comedic no. Can we just have Abomination as a big bad, like also no. tough guy, instead of having to make him so? Fu- like, obviously, I'm pre- I'm assuming this is going to happen that they're going to make him more comedic. I really hope that's wrong, but yeah, I just I feel like if you're going to make this comedy series and have so many serious characters in it, there's got to be like a little bit of a balance, and I hope they have a balance. Yeah, I suppose you could kind of be like. Um try and make the comparison i suppose between kind of like maybe like the first two the first two thor films and then the third thor, thor film where everyone kind of has that comedic twist to their to their character um and True. We, enjoyed, we all enjoyed that i guess we did so. but then but then they took it too far with uh yeah you're not wrong uh, love and thunder so true 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 um so i posted a screenshot of what is allegedly the MCU timeline order according to Disney Plus? This that's that's got to be wrong. Thedirect.com. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a weird one because it doesn't have Thor, Love and Thunder on it, but it has She Hulk and all the I Am groups, as if anyone cares when they fit into the timeline. But yeah, so I mean, let's, I mean, look, caveat, this could be wrong and it's clearly missing some things. Um, one, two, three. Out of curiosity, where do we think um, Love yeah, and Thunder I mean, fits? Because it is a bit ambiguous on where it does actually fit. Yeah, well, this is post, post putting She-Hulk as the second to last in the timeline at the moment. So they've got, um, after Endgame, they've got Loki, which makes sense, but I guess... That's ambiguous as to when it's set because it's the 2012 version of Loki. Um, then you've got What If. Then you've got WandaVision, which obviously comes after Endgame. Then you've got Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, I wouldn't have thought oh, Spider-Man no, no, would have been after those. Hang on. But I guess I'm Far From Home. They don't even have No Way Home on here. No, they don't. Okay. Well, all right. I'm not even going to ask that question then because it's... Did I have Doctor Strange on it? Yes, they do. So, number two yep i'm wondering if this was done before the the, the change up in time in in the uh release of films and tv series and stuff no because it's got the artwork for mm. the recent shows right scrap that then it's incomplete so it's null and void right let's talk about some shows that we finished a while oh, ago also will either of you be watching the spider-man extended cut that comes out on the 2nd of september if uh, Odeon are showing it, 
then I will go see it. But I'm not going to pay physical cash to go and see it. Yeah, I echo that. <clears throat> I was Sorry. burned with the end game cut. <laughs> oh, same. And to be fair, I was thinking actually, I haven't rewatched uh, Spider Man since I watched it like three times back in December. So I'm curious to know actually how I feel about it now, like kind of like a fresh eye. Now that we know like what's going to happen in it, how do I actually, how do I genuinely feel about the film before like all the all the Spider Man show up kind of thing? Do you know? I I really am starting to question whether he's going to come back as Spider Man. Why do you think that? I don't know, there's just that being no media hype around it. Obviously, he, when he finished, he was very much like, oh, I'm going to do this TV series on Apple and then I'm going to take a bit of a break. But I just feel like when they get these characters in, right, do they not think, yeah, let's let's cement these guys in for like 15 films and we'll do like nine that's, certain that's a films. That's long contract. <laughs> no, but, but, but you could do nine certain certain films and like an option for an extension for like three and then three because right. spider-man himself he's what been in trilogy plus two avengers plus uh civil war. civil war so that's he's really knocked off six mm. you know but yeah <clears throat> just i just i just find it fascinating that they didn't think of this beforehand that he might want to not play the character forever or not forever but for a, a longer duration of time I think it depends as well, because I suppose at the time when he might have signed the contract, they're kind of coming off Amazing Spider-Man 2, which wasn't received very well. So you're kind of thinking like he himself might not think, oh, this franchise, even though Spider-Man's like a massive character, this franchise isn't necessarily kind of like well received. So I might not want to be tied down to play this character for 15 years if the films are going to be shit, you know? It's true. It's true. Um, I also, oh, yeah, go on, sorry. I was going to say, it depends the direction they want to take it in. Like, are are they going to wait? I think we've discussed before. Are they going to wait for him to maybe be a little bit older? Mm. Because at this moment in time, we still, we've basically got to the point where Tommy Maguire's Spider-Man was in terms of he's just got his own apartment. He's just kind of leaving school, going to college. Yeah, so, at the end of Spider-Man oh, 1. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So are they going to do college years or are they going to wait a bit and maybe he's like, you know, more of a ad- proper adult? Um, I kind of want to see him do colleges, to be fair. That's when Spider-Man fucks. <laughs> well, also, I am. Um, I also, sorry uh, to stop you from moving on to the next point, but also read that people were spotted, and maybe I shouldn't say this because it ruins it, but apparently Andrew Garfield has been spotted on a set nearby or on said Marvel set. Marvel set. Marvel? Marvel. That's interesting. Of which, which production? I don't, I don't know. I didn't read too much into it because I thought it was a bit of bald BS. But obviously, it sparked the rumor that there might be a Sp- Amazing Spider-Man three coming, and therefore making him Venom Spider-Man. Okay. They should have announced Amazing Spider-Man three as soon as fucking No Way yep. Home came out. Yep. <laughs> yeah. If, that, that if that's the if that's the case, honestly, if they ah oh, mate. Mate, mate, well, mate, mate, mate. I, also, I would have bought tickets to Spider-Man 4 and Sp- Amazing Spider-Man 3 <laughs> as soon as they announced that. Yeah. Honestly, people are, oh, mate, they miss the trick sometimes, don't they? Flipping out. But they also might be in Secret Wars. If there's the whole timeline kind of coming in, you know, you might get Toby and Andrew coming back. Good point. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting stuff. And obviously we've got D3 in a few weeks. So, D23, sorry. So, um, Hopefully there'll be some announcements there. Um, Just to quickly that's... ask about those announcements, do you guys think we get any X Men stuff? I, I mean, that'd be nice. 
I'm presuming they're going to announce officially Deadpool 3. Mm. And that is obviously the more kind of obvious tie into the X-Men. Mm. They'll obviously hopefully do Fantastic Four, kind of who's going to be in it, who's directing mm. it. So they might kind of use that as an expansion on mm. the mutant side of things. Because mm. I don't think, I think we just finished Ms. Marvel when the Comic-Con happened. So yeah. if they were at that, like, oh yeah, well obviously there was a mutant in a Comic-Con, um, in Ms. Marvel. People, if they hadn't seen the episode as it came out, would be like, what? Yeah. So maybe they're holding it for this. But yeah, I'm presuming they'll announce the director of Secret Wars, um, Deadpool 3, season two, of any of the Marvel shows, so maybe a Moon Knight or something. Um, they haven't actually announced what this Halloween special this year is going to be, so maybe they'll do that. Mm. That's coming up quite quickly. Isn't there um, a Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special as well? Yeah. 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 Have you? Um... Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh... Off topic. Have you seen that Amazon Prime's going up in price? Just so. Uh... Yes. No. That's unsurprising. So, like, was it 16 quid a year? Extra. Like that. I think it's gone from uh, 80 to 96 pounds a year. 79 to 80, uh, 79 to 96, yeah. Yeah, well, I, uh, I've logged out of OB subscription now that I've finished uh, <laughs> All or Nothing, so um, there's nothing to bring me back in yet. Also, I don't think I've seen the end of Miss Marvel because my brother watched it the other day and he said that, and I assume you both have finished watching it, that she transforms into Captain Marvel. She doesn't transform. I think they just swap places. They swap places, yeah. But yeah, that's the the post credits thing. Oh, do you know what? I've just gone on Disney. I've got 15 minutes left. All right. (laughs) You've not even seen the bit about her being a mutant then. No. But I knew about that anyway. That's fine. Christopher, what are we going to do with you? Right. I know you keep trying to procrastinate on it, but we are. Well, I've got one more thing. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay, we are going to talk about Umbrella Academy and the boys. Uh, it's been several months since we actually finished watching it, and it's always been pushed back to the bottom of the agenda. So let's talk about it. Um, Umbrella Academy season three. Um, so. What happened is obviously season two was set in the 60s. Uh, they've been transported back in time and then they had another apocalypse to uh, try and uh, solve. They managed to solve that and got pushed back into the quote unquote present. But it was an alternate present where the Umbrella Academy never existed and was instead replaced with the Sparrow Academy. Um, so it's still Hargreaves as uh you know the head of the sparrow academy like the overseer um but instead of all of the you know your um victors and luthers um we had and i'm stalling because i'm trying to find their names um sloan faye ben but alive ben um who else was in there, there was um, yeah, I can't remember any of their names to be honest. <laughs> Can you remember any of their names? No, I'll so say you remember you remember the important ones, so that's fine. Yeah, Alfonso, Marcus, Jamie, um, yeah. So there, there was another girl, wasn't there? 
maybe. There was a cube as well. Oh, yeah. Chris? Chris. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, essentially, this series is about the Umbrella Academy and the Sparrow Academy kind of having that antagonistic, like, we're the originals and, you know, who are you, your imposters type thing. Uh, so those families warring, but also at the same time, there's a, I don't know what it's called, a nexus event type thing brewing <laughs> in the um, in the basement, uh, Kugel Blitz, because it's like a incursion, as we would say in Marvel. So the universes are kind of fucking each other up, um, and this is causing matter to be drawn into the Kugel Blitz. So there's another kind of world ending event for them to to manage so yeah what did you guys think of it i i think this was an improvement on season two but it does have its problems yeah i um so i think the story like the google bit stuff is a is a smidgen all over the place (laughs) Um, (laughs) just a smidge (laughs) just a smidge like i think this show like thrives in chaos um Mm -hmm. and the thing that kind of like holds it together and the thing that i enjoy most about it and i think which is why i favor over a show like the boys which we'll talk about later is kind of like the character dynamics and how these characters kind of like interact with each other and have like the different relationships that they have with each other um which i think carries the show uh, ahead of its storyline i think that everyone in the show has really good chemistry with each other um so in short, basically, I did enjoy the show, and I kind of I like where it leads, where it where it ends, sorry, where it ends off um, in for season four if we get a season four. Um, but one thing I think as well is that, and I assume this is purposeful, but I think it can be at times interesting and at times frustrating. It always feels like there's a bit of the show that they are purposefully not revealing to us, and I don't know if they're doing it purposefully for like a suspense type of thing or if it's because they've just written it poorly and for me it's always like the stuff to do with um reginald hargreaves so like in season two you find out that he's a fucking alien um and they kind of just like leave that i suppose until i think is it episode nine i think when he, when he kills luther and uh or maybe wait, in epi- wait did you say in episode two we find out he's an alien in season two do we? Yeah. I don't know what episode it was, Chris. The season no, but what happens? Like, maybe a bit more description of what actually happens to remind me, not the episode. I can't remember. <laughs> I didn't think we knew he was an alien at all. I did. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. So, I think he like unzips his fucking lizard skin or whatever at some point, and his like his, his lizard body comes out or something like something like that. But I'm trying, I can't remember exactly. But um. That happens back in season two and they don't come back to it until now and they they um uh sorry that's what I'm trying to uh they come back to it when obviously when he kills luther and i think is it uh klaus finds out about that he is kind of an alien and then nothing really comes of that i think klaus tries to tell the others that he is one and no one really, I think, pays that much attention to it. And then you've got, he's got his whole thing, which I presume is kind of like why he started the Umbrella Academy in the first place, is to save this woman, this wife, his wife, I presume, that he loves. 
but they only show maybe like one scene of that in season three and then at the end they show him with her like right at the end and it's just like i don't know if 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 they're just kind of like saving it because they're trying to build you up to like a certain point where they say oh wow now this is kind of like was the master plan behind Hargreaves and his plan for the Umbrella Academy, blah, 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 blah. Or I don't know if this show is just a bit too convoluted and they just didn't have enough time to to write that story, weave that story in properly for us to kind of like... So my, my, my point actually is proven by the fact that Chris doesn't even remember that he was revealed that he was an alien in season two because it's just one moment and then you don't remember, you don't hear or see it or get a hint of it again until a whole season later. So, yeah, I've, I've tried um, to look it up. Episode nine of season two, by the way, Chris. Uh, yeah, and I, yeah, I've tried to look it up, but he doesn't actually show any of the Umbrella Academy, does he? No, but he shows shows the audience. He tells us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we don't, and well, apparently, we don't apparently, it's hinted at. Apparently, it's hinted at in season one as well because he goes to the moon and releases the yellow orbs. Right. I don't remember that either. But there's also his wife on the moon, isn't she? Yeah, she's yeah. like in a cryogenic chi- chamber, or however you pronounce it, isn't it? Like to me, he's like. I don't maybe I don't folk remember his parts because I don't really care about him. I care more about the seven individuals. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting though. But yeah, so kind of like my mm. my point kind of being that I think it's just the story's kind of written quite sloppily, um, but it's saved by kind of like I just love how the the fam the the what's it called the uh, dysfunctional family element of it. I think is. Really, really, yeah, I think the performances, the performances are quite strong, mostly. Um, Apart from Alison, I, I don't quite, I don't like Elliot Page either. Oof. Yeah, oh, do you know what? Yeah, I, I just don't think he's very expressive. He's just always so moody. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I just want him to have more. He's very much like talks like this all the time and. I feel, no I, I feel like the, fo- the focus on his character in this se- season, though, I feel like Alison and himself, their characters were really, like, pushed to the side. Like, they weren't really the main focus of the se- series. I, think, like, I feel like they were pretty... Well, no, in terms of, like... How do I say this? Like, like making them likeable characters. Oh, so. yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, because, absolutely. like... I mean... And I can't remember all their names off the heart. Shit, it's gonna annoy me. Nathan from In Between Us, like Klaus. loved him since Klaus. season one. Klaus, yeah, I think he's been wicked since season one, and we've only developed him as we've gone along. Like you've seen his crazy lifestyle. Then in this season, you've seen his development. Maybe a bit naive, but we've seen his development. Then obviously, uh, gorilla guy, um, Luther. Luther. But he's had a bit of development. I think he's a bit static at times. Like, it's not really. He's 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 a bit samey. I think he's in what the he most does. Development in this season than he had in the two seasons yeah, com- combined. I, I agree. I think he's a bit samey, but I think because he's had the love interest mm. and he's been able to like have a bit more clarity. Like, I think in the previous seasons he's very much daddy's boy, and mm. in this season he's very much nah, fuck you, dad. Mm. Uh, you're not you're not going to treat me like shit anymore. And then it ultimately just reverts back round again because mm. he gives in. And then, mm. I mean, and also I'd say that Ben's character development, it did develop as we went through the season. He was like a arrogant bloke who wanted to be number one. And then he kind of succumbs to the family 
aspect of it, doesn't he, towards the end. And he is very, I guess, family orientated at the beginning before all his family get annihilated. Um, I feel like that, so that switch that you talk about, Chris, with Ben, I think maybe could have come a couple of episodes earlier. So then we get maybe the final two episodes where they're like uh, maybe a bit more pally pally because he is yeah. still a bit of an ass, pretty much a, a, an asshole in like episode 10 still. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I genuinely thought he wasn't going to help them in the fight. Yeah. I thought he was just going to sit there and I was like, what? Come on, geese, get up, do something. Mm. And then, like, you have characters like, oh, I've forgotten the guy with the, the, the blades. Uh, Diego. Diego and, and his girlfriend's lover. Lila. I, I actually really like their characters and their and their chemistry. I think they, mm. they really bounce off each other very, very well. I was, and, um, sorry, yeah. Chris, to interrupt you really quickly, sorry. I was really, just before I forget, sorry. I was really gutted to find out that this, the son wasn't their son. Yeah. But I was thinking throughout the show, how does this work in terms of, like, timeline? <laughs> yeah. But, but then yeah. that whole explanation was just kind of pointless. It didn't go anywhere. Yeah. You know? It's just, so a, it's just a big old joke, wasn't it? It was just a minor subplot that went absolutely nowhere. And then all of a sudden, this boy has just now been evaporated because mm. by the Google Blitz. So you're talking about the fight. So the final fight... Uh, in season three is is there's like a interdimensional doorway in this hotel uh, in the setting for season three and uh, it's kind of I guess guarded by these few big looking you know I don't know what they are like demons or like what they are I can't even remember if they do that I don't Wait, think they what did. Are talk- what are you talking about in this in this one? The, like, the samurai things that are guarding the. Yeah, that's bare weird, man. Do they what explain the what those even are? I can't even remember. But they're just no. guardians, but but yeah, so they were quite cool and they had like a horror vibe. But um, yeah, so I can't even remember why they basically Reginald wanted to get them there to stand on these buttons, which resets the timeline. I, I think. think. So. Yeah. Um, but because it was draining them of their power, Alison kills Reginald and hits reset, and then uh, all of the Sparrow Academy seem to have disappeared, um, and they've all lost their powers. Um, and then that's when we see Reginald and his wife um, looking, you know, observing uh, this world. But that part of it was cool. I liked that hotel alternate dimension aspect of it but that was over really quickly as well like mm. that this series felt rushed i mean we at least well 90 percent of the sparrow academy were very disposable mm. to the point where you've got um well chris is the cube mm. why is he a fucking cube give me an explanation for that <laughs> mm. um you've got the um guy with the burned face Mm. Um, why? How did that happen, Be- Alfonso? Because you see him in a kind of flashback, and he doesn't have such a disfigured face. Yeah. So Alfonso and Jamie dying really quickly was a bit shit. Marcus was there for about five seconds, and he was number one. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, he's gone. Um, he got done so dirty with this series. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Faye didn't even have that much to do. So Sloane was the only one because she ended up marrying Luther, but then she disappears as well so well, there's a there's a little interesting point as to why she was disappeared but we'll come to that in a bit do you want to explain that now 
well, because um, oh, what's her name? Who pressed the button? Alison. She pressed the button, right? Alison. So um, it's some mm-hmm. someone speculated that because she wants Luther kind of to herself, but not to herself. She, when she pressed the button, she made it so that um, Sloane didn't didn't appear in this world. So that pushed the button. I so one thing, two things yeah. actually. I hope that's not true. Um, but that would be very in keeping with Alison's character in season three. Yeah. Because yeah, she's now a rapist. Well, well. Who's to say she hasn't done it before? Someone, some, someone said it. I didn't say it, but I agree with the person who said it. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm very non-committal of you, Obi. Um, this is in reference to the fact that she uses her um, "I heard a rumor" power um, and basically uses that to, uh, you know, have some funky time with Luther uh, uh, against ha- his. Doesn't she also now not need to say I heard a rumour? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so her powers like expand this season. Yeah. I I liked a lot of this series. I liked the addition of the Sparrow Academy, but they very underutilized. Um but the stuff about the mothers was really interesting. But again, is is very brief. Yeah, um, I, I must have missed. I must have missed that. How did the geezer die? What, they didn't show it. To be fair, Alison killed him. Yeah, they didn't show it though. Even that, like that, <laughs> that was very kind of just brushed aside, wasn't mm. it? And you know, Victor being like, "Oh, okay, I'll give you." It, it it seems like they're kind of recycling a lot of the same um, beats from each series to series. Um, Klaus is, doesn't seem to have changed that much, um, apart from you just learn a bit more about him. Luther's still a bit dim and like unlucky in love. Um, Victor's still kind of, you know, moody. Although the way they handled that transition uh, storyline was was really sensitive. And I, should, I liked. They it, smashed yeah. that. They absolutely should smashed be, that. Should be commended for that. But yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. I thought it was an improvement on season two. Um, but there's still a lot of frustration with it. Um, and I think some of the visual effects were a bit there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was one point with, um, I think it was Five and someone else, and Five was like sitting, supposed to be sitting like on the edge of like oh, a, a cliff, or like with the apocalypse <laughs> oh, behind shit. it. And oh my days, it looks so horrendous. Shit. Horrendous, yeah. but yeah. Um, but also, like, so isn't the premise, is it 42 women spontaneously give birth? Yeah, something or, like that. Something like that, but. He only chooses seven of them. I want to know what happened to the other 35. I want to know I, why, what happened to make them spontaneously go birth. I swear we haven't found that out yet. I don't think so. I think, I think it's the things he releases on the moon. Okay. Uh, I think that does it. Um, okay. Essentially. But, the, but so, I, I don't understand why he has to choose only seven. Surely if you take all of them on board, then you've got more chance of your task working. Well, so I think... What they tried to explain in season three is they only needed seven for the seven stars to stand right, on the floor. Right, right, right. But, but get, like you get said, forty-two of them, and you could try six times. <laughs> exactly, yeah, because yeah. Ben's dead in the first timeline, isn't he? So that's never going to have happened. And then plus Reginald kills himself. Oh, so oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Why do you wait so long to do that then? Well, it doesn't. That also doesn't make sense because where are the yeah. other? Where are the other? 35 did you just kill them all so i thought the sparrow academy was going to be 
Well, I thought the Sparrow Academy was going to be seven other children. But what they kind of explain in this series is that the original seven, apart from Ben, didn't survive because Harlan, you know, killed the mum. Killed Evaporated the mum. them. So there's still another 35 women in this timeline who spontaneously gave birth, um, you know, Virgin Mary style. So I want some explanation of that, really. But yeah, I mean, overall, I think um, it's probably the season I enjoyed the most. I uh, don't know what you guys think. Where would you rank it? Uh, so I started rewatching season one, um, and I think I think that's, that season is uh, written slightly better. Maybe just because even though it's still the end of the world, it's slightly less chaotic. Um, so and obviously there's like less characters. Um, so I think I prefer season one still. So I probably go one, three, two. Fair enough. Do they say fuck in the first series? Oh, I can't remember. You know. But I remember thinking in season three, like, oh, they're saying fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that remember. annoys me in American television when all of a sudden they get a different network and the network's like, yeah, well, you can say fuck. And then they're yeah. just like, okay, <laughs> everyone says fuck. Mm. Chris, any strong thoughts on where you drank this series? Uh, yeah, it's probably one of my favourite ones out of the three. I think it's better than season two. I think season two was maybe a bit all over the place. Um... Yeah, no, I think I think I'd probably agree with Obi in the ranking system that he done there. What was it one three two? Mm. Yeah, I probably agree. And maybe maybe three edges it a little bit, but yeah, I mean, in this season season they've made like I mean Klaus uh, Klaus's powers were just OP in the end. So I'm glad they did that towards the end rather than the beginning. Um, I don't. Do you know what? Sorry, I don't understand why Reginald bothered to teach him how to use his powers properly if he was then just going to boot him into the abyss. <laughs> I think, Does it make sense, does it? So I think, uh, well, I agree with you, but I think maybe one angle you could look at it from was that if he kind of develops that bond with Klaus, Klaus then kind of endears him to the rest of the group so they're not as fuck you as they could have been when yeah. he did come around towards the end, maybe. But I agree, it doesn't really make that much sense. And also, were the drugs working on him? Or was he just playing the fool? Because, like, he would have been stuck there forever had they not moved to this timeline. Mm. And he was so coherent to begin with. That that whole giving him drugs timeline did, did story didn't make sense to me. Because he was like, yeah, no, that didn't make sense to me, personally. I also didn't like, sorry, just, just to add on to stuff we didn't like. <laughs> I didn't like the, uh, is it Grace, the robot? Like, oh, yeah becoming obsessed with the Google Blitz. I just thought it was really stupid and I was just like, why is you're a robot? Like, why are you Yeah, <laughs> are it you made like it this? made little to no sense again, yeah. like as to why they were doing that. Yeah. Um I think it was just a way to get that actress or character in because they yes. didn't really have much else to do. The same with the Pogo thing, you know, it was just like yeah, yeah let's get yeah. Pogo back. Um well, let's move on to the boys then. So season three of this as well. Oh, uh, we finished season two with um, Stormfront being murked by uh, wait, that was good, wait, wait, wait. I heard it. I heard it. Actually, no, tell you tell your bit, and I'll say what I heard after. Actually, go okay. I was just going to kind of summarize the series. Um, what's the son called again? I can't remember. Billy, no, no, William, Wayne. no, Trevor, what is his name, 
<laughs> Nathan? Nope. Derek? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to look, in there, look it up because that is annoying. Matt? No. Boy? Well, whilst Obi finds that out. Uh, essentially, so yeah, so Child. Ryan. Ryan, Ryan. Ryan, Ryan that's it. Go. Stormfront was incapacitated, um, basically made a little, you know, nugget, and was, well, we just presume it should die. Season three, you've got Huey, who is working uh, for Victoria Newman's Bureau of Superhero Affairs. She is the head exploder, but we, uh, the, the characters don't know that yet. Um, Huey wants to kind of do right, do things the right way, still kind of hold soups to account, but not necessarily killing them like Butcher does. Um, Butcher and Queen Maeve are uh, working together. Um, they're tracking down Soldier Boy, um, who is a hero from the 40s, kind of like Captain America, because they think that there was a weapon that killed him that might be able to kill Homelander. Um, then there's kind of, uh, what was it, Temporary V? Temp V. So mm. Butcher can get temporary superpowers and he gets eye like super strength and, and eyes laser eyes like homelander um so this yeah this this basically this series is about them finding soldier boy soldier boy is actually alive he's you know on a revenge mission to kill all his previous um comrades um because he felt fucked over by them one of them is black noir uh you've got huey and butcher working together again rebuilding their relationship rebuilding the boys and um, kind of you got Victoria Newman trying to do her political shenanigans. Um, then it's Homelander versus everyone. He's getting even more mentally unstable. Um, and yeah, so it ends with, well, Soldier Boy being defeated, but not necessarily killed, as no one ever dies in these shows. Uh, ben, can we talk about it for a second? Please, please, yeah. please, please, please. This yeah. show, I like this show, yeah. I like it quite a lot, actually. But... The further and further this show's come along, the less and less stakes there are in this show. No one dies. The only person it was like Game of Thrones. Who, literally. The only person in the series who dies is fucking Black Noir. He doesn't even fucking speak. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. quite, quite frustrating. Well, How the well, hell is Soldier Boy not dead? Two, How's Maeve not dead? Two, two characters. Don't forget uh, when uh, train, A-Train absolutely obliterated that man's face oh, across no, the floor. But you, you, you're talking, you're talking yeah. main characters. Main characters, characters you, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. even I mean, A-Train. Why isn't A-Train dead? Yeah, yeah, he's had like two heart attacks. I'm going to throw it out there. They've kept the shittest characters in, but I could not care care anymore about A Train or the fake Aquaman. I would have rather that uh, Noir stayed in. Yeah, I mean, the the whole concept of the Seven is is interesting, but it's kind of run its course, and they they are now just finding things for some of these characters to do when they should just kill them off, um, because it has that tone like. You know, where well, no one's safe, but actually everyone's safe. Like you said, I mean, they they killed off Stormfront in this series. I don't know why they kept her alive in the first place because I mean, they used it as a motivation for Homeland to go schizo, but he doesn't need a motivation to do that. So they should have just let her die because all they had was the actress come back, lie there for a bit, and then do a million dollar baby and bite her own tongue off. So wanked him off as well. Oh yeah, she wanked him off. Fine, (laughs) you know, even Homelander fucks. Um, but 
yeah, you know, it's just A Train, like, there was that whole is he doing the right thing by his community? Um, he's trying to hold racist soups to account, but he's also got this whole like branding pull that he needs to. Mm. That's interesting, but it's now kind of done. Yeah. Just move on. Queen Maeve. I mean, she's barely anything this series. Yeah. Like, she, was uh, so, I mean, she, she, she got that much shaft, last season either. She got shafted, <laughs> yeah. mate. They I did not she, know what to do with that character. Yeah, I feel like she could have been no, like, and the pivotal, deep... pivotal, pivotal character and they just kind of like just shafted her. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. think because I mean, the the, thing they like... just had deep being sucked off by an octopus. That was about it. Oh, that got boring after about <laughs> season one. Allow it. Yeah, and... the whole the deep and his wife and all of that. It was kind of interesting, like seeing him kind of like go from nothing and making his comeback to the seven. But now I just don't care, man. He can die. <laughs> but like, I feel like it was meant to be a connecting point from where he kind of left off in season two, and then they kind of just didn't even bring in the that that whole. Uh, I think it's a cult that he joined, wasn't it? Yeah. In season two, and they didn't really yeah. refer to it whatsoever. I think they all got their heads exploded, didn't they, by uh, Victoria Newman? Mm. Yeah, I think at the end of season two. I, I just, do you know, like, oh, I just feel like they they hyped up this series, this season, so much, and it just fell short, like every time. Like the most impactful scene was probably the penis scene in the first se- first episode. <laughs> yeah, that was, like, that was the most grim scene that most people could see. Okay. Like they made they made a herogasm. Yeah, it was pretty brutal, but like in terms of what we've seen so far, that was pretty tame. Um yeah, it was yeah. not very explicit. But so herogasm was supposed to be like a massive orgy of heroes and there was I mean there was the, you get worse stuff in Game of Thrones. Yeah. But so I read right. So I, they they mention it in this that um, I think they mention it in this. But uh, Stormfront, Stormfront apparently she created Herogasm with someone else, and there's rumours that she is actually Homelander's mum. All right. Oh yeah, we find um, out that Soldier Boy's Homelander's dad, don't we? So yeah. So and I think he started it with Stormfront. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. I think what this, I mean, this series is interesting and, and I like the whole, they're trying to be the opposite of what you know, contemporary superhero films are and they kind of parody it to a certain extent. But they are holding a lot of dead weight. So we've talked about the members of the Seven. I also think Frenchie and Kimiko, just, they need to go. They are mm. so boring as characters. Mm. Um, they're not even giving Kimiko anything to say, mm. which is a shame. It's kind of, you know be nice if they uh actually gave her some lines um but yeah they just need to cut and, and just focus on you know the boys versus homelander and uh you know whatever's going on with ryan i kind of feel like it it should probably end with the next series uh well i assume it will do if he's gonna die who um the main good guy um Butcher. No, Butcher. Oh, Butcher. Oh. Um, also, yeah. Storm, um, um, what's her face? Uh, Starlight. What is her power? I don't understand. Uh, is she strong or not? It makes no sense. Yeah, I think... I, I, I should get, well, I thought her power came from the sun, but I guess it just comes from, like, literal light, like electricity. Like, um, and I guess she can, like, shoot, like, beams of light and stuff, I guess. But she's basically very ineffective against 
Homelander or his father. Well, she managed to kind of stop him for a little bit, I guess. Fair. Which is, some, which is something. Um, but just to kind of like... So, like, season three overall, I think, is actually pretty it's pretty decent. I would say it's fine. I enjoyed it. Um, there are things about it, I think, were good. I really like... Um, is it Jensen Eccles is his name? Uh, as a soldier mm-hmm. boy. Uh, I think he put on a good performance. It's kind of like that fish out of water, kind of like old school person in the, uh, in the contemporary times. That kind of aspect of it. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed... They only did it once, but I enjoyed when they flashed back to, like, um, Vietnam. Uh, with like Soldier Boy and um, yeah, Soldier Boy and his whole team and all that stuff, Black Noir, all that. I thought that was cool. Um, and I like kind of Homelanders. I think one of these things this show does really well is like that whole um, like satire, like maybe political or non-political like satire. I think they do generally do really well and kind of like showing through Homelander, kind of like I would say I definitely. A, larger and probably ever-growing faction of the american people who kind of like think that oh they're being silenced and we need to stop being woke and we need to be able to say whatever we want and these people yeah. who like love homeland and love the fact that he can just go actually go around and just kill people in broad daylight because he threw like a can at your son or something like that and people start fucking cheering and stuff kind of like leans into like this side of america that's kind of like i would say rising in the fact that like I think it's those people are the same type of people who like, I don't know, fucking storm the Capitol, storm Capitol Hill in like two years ago. Yeah, like, it's giving me MAGA vibes, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I like, I think it's written, I think the show's written well in that aspect. But like we've been saying for the past um, few minutes, like I do think it's the show's overbloated with characters. They need to streamline it a little bit. Um, and I think there are also aspects of the storyline which I think maybe could have done with a bit more kind of like fleshing out I suppose like I think that maybe Stan Edgar and Victoria Newman like their whole thing I think could have been fleshed out a little bit Stan Edgar like when he gets fired I thought he was going to come back we don't fucking see him again I was like okay cool um, yeah which I think is a waste of the actor as well as you know the character um, I think also that I would have liked so when Huey finds out that uh, Victoria Newman is a soup I think is is I like that they revealed it like fairly early but I would have liked him to have been maybe a bit more undercover in the government side, that job that he was working before he kind of decides to kind of like join up with the boys and whatnot. And because I like the aspect of like Huey was on the political side of things and he was kind of like giving work to the boys basically to go and do whatever they want to do. But they're outside of the first episode with the midget and the penis and all that stuff and the cocaine, we don't really get to see any of that, which I think was a shame because actually I think was quite an interesting aspect of the show. There's something another point I had to say. I cannot remember for the life of me what it was. It was something to do with Butcher. Oh, I think Butcher taking Temp V. I think it ha- I, I'm pretty sure he did this. I think in the comics they all take Temp V actually. But um, I think that for someone who's so inherently against soups, it doesn't make sense for your character to take uh, temporary V. I, I agree. I agree. But yeah, that's yeah. sad. I think it's good season i guess yeah i i did enjoy it i like the you know i i do like the transgressive nature of it but unfortunately with things like that you just have to keep up in the ante Mm. and there's not really much more ante that they can up 
So mm. I think it's coming to its natural conclusion. I'd like to see one more. I know there's that spin-off as well, Gen V. Oh, yeah. Um, I think we'll get two more. So mm. we'll see how. Yeah, as long as they've got a plan. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. as long as they're just not going to keep going and going until the public runs out of enthusiasm yeah. for it. I want to make my one um, prediction quickly, yeah. sorry, for either next season or the season after that. I think, so, when Homelander kills that guy at the end of season three, Ryan has this kind of, like, smile on his face, which makes me think that this kid's going to go fucking nuts. And basically, I think he's going to, I reckon he's going to end up being <laughs> stronger than Homelander, and I reckon Homelander's going to kill that boy. <laughs> Would not surprise me. Mm, okay. Oh, yeah. That's my prediction. Yeah, well, we'll bookmark that little part of this pod, so we'll come back to it in a couple of years. Um, if we're still doing this, by the way. Uh, I'm sure we will be. Um, cool. That was the boys. Have we all seen Nope? No. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Nope. Yeah. Oh, Chris, you could have said Nope. I said that earlier when you were asking, so I didn't want to repeat my joke. Oh. Mr. Sitter there. Um, okay. Do you mind if we talk about it? Go for it. Should have said nope. Right. <laughs> Obi, do you want to give us a summary of Jordan Peele's uh, third film? Yeah, so uh, Nope is a film about um, a brother and sister whose, um, whose dad dies. Um, so they have to then take care of uh, the, ran- the horse ranch that uh, he left behind. Um, in the midst of... Uh, all of this, uh, the ranch is failing and they're having to sell horses and stuff. And yeah, whilst that's happening, they kind of spot something strange going on in like the, the atmosphere or whatever. Um, the brother thinks it's a UFO. Sister sister thinks that, um, oh, if it's a UFO, we can catch it on camera and we can be famous. We can be an Oprah, blah, 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 blah. Go to the video store, get all this recording stuff. Um, they don't know how to set it all up. So they get the guy who works there to come help them set it all up. And then... They catch it all on camera, whatever, whatever. They notice it's an alien or UFO, sorry. And they are um, basically scared shitless because the alien's like fucking sucking up all the horses and shit like that. Find out that the spaceship is actually the alien itself for some reason. Um, and then there's a monkey involved. <laughs> the monkey is... Uh, oh, Gordo. <laughs> yeah, there's a monkey involved and Stephen Yun's involved and he's there, I guess. And then the spaceship starts killing loads of people. Sorry, the UFO starts killing loads of people. And basically they have to survive the predatory nature of this uh, UFO whilst getting photographic evidence of it so that they can be famous, I guess, and make money, save the ranch, save the horses, I guess. Uh, Yeah. And then they get some director involved and he's an idiot. And yeah, that's about it, really. How does it rank in the pantheon of Peel productions? Uh, it is third for me because so even though so I get out is just a really really good film I'll enjoy that even though this is like my this genre isn't my wheelhouse but get out is objectively a good film. Us I think is a more standard horror film. Again, not for me, but I think is a pretty decent film, a pretty good film. This film I would say isn't a horror film. It's more of like a Western slash thriller, I guess, maybe. Or if you kind of put it into that category. Bit of sci-fi. Bit of sci-fi, yeah, exactly. Um, But 
there are, I think there are aspects of the film, there are elements of this film that are good and that I enjoy, but I say the surrounding tissue um, isn't fulfilling for me. There are points in this film that I think needed fleshing out, points of the story that I thought maybe should have been different, um, and then just kind of like certain film choices, I guess, or film editing choices that I think didn't don't really work for example like the kind of like book ending of chapters of different horses names i didn't really yeah need that i didn't really understand what they were trying to what he was trying to achieve with that it was a bit strange um but i think the chemistry between uh daniel kaluuya and kiki palmer is really strong i like their bond like the relationship i actually as well like the um uh is it brandon brandon Pereira Pereira. or something i like his character as well uh he's kind of like a douchebag but like I like how he kind of like enters into the fray as well. Um, I think that Stephen Yun's character is, and his whole storyline, to be honest, is wasted and could have so been wasted. Re- yeah, could have been really good in a in a different film, like, but not this film because they don't they don't to me they don't connect well enough at all. Um, and yeah, there was, again there were certain story choices, uh, storytelling choices that I thought didn't really make sense and i think didn't lend itself to the rest of the film um and just one question as well and certain character choices as well and but one question in particular glenn why does the ufo like turn into like why does it get all like stringy and flaggy and like stuff like that like why does it happen i wish i knew it kind of goes from being like saucer shaped like or like a stingray to, yeah. to being it kind of looks like a jellyfish and then looks like an angel. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know the answer to that question. I was trying to right. figure it out myself. Um, I, I agree with everything you said. I think I said this to you um, afterwards just on like a, on WhatsApp, but it's probably unfair to expect some sort of deeper meaning from this film. Mm. But unfortunately... Jordan Peele has set that expectation with the commentary that he's done on his first two films. Mm. Um, and he's been rightly praised for that. So I kind of went into this and was try- maybe trying to pick meaning out of things that maybe didn't have any meaning. But yeah. I think that the UFO, them actually being like a well, a pred- predatory being, and then the fact that it does look so angelic, I think is... It's hard not to read into that, but mm. but you don't. There's no obvious conclusion to that. Um, I think, like you said, Stephen Young's character, who in this is a former child actor, so he was on this show, and there was a uh, monkey called or chimp called Gordy, um, and that chimp got spooked and killed everyone apart from him. Um, and so he lived that trauma. He then opens a theme park, which is like Western themes, and he it's revealed is is basically buying horses from OJ to feed to this being to kind of capture it as a spectacle and then that goes wrong and everyone in his family dies but again I've seen people say oh well he he doesn't learn he thinks that because Gordy saved him um, that he can tame this beast okay fine but that's a not that obvious mm. um, and b he's so underutilized that yeah. it kind of makes you think that it was pointless like he's yeah. a good actor um, but that whole subplot was was you could take that out of the film and you'd have the exact same uh, conclusion um 
So he was very wasted. Um, he was. There was a point where when he's feed, you know, the last bit we see with Stephen Young, he goes, "Oh, and here's my co-star from." Um, I was going to say the, the show, exact same thing. Didn't Sorry. actually die, but she's got a mauled face, and you're yeah. like, "Well." And then she fucking dies anyway. So yeah. I, I, like I was just um, thinking, I was genuinely thinking watching that scene, like, why is she here? Like, what is she providing? She doesn't yeah. speak. She doesn't show. She doesn't show her face. You see it underneath the veil, or whatever. But I was no, thinking, just like, what's the point the, of this? Yeah. And also, you've got Keith David who plays um, Otis Senior, and he's literally in it for like two minutes. Yeah. And he's a good actor, and he's very wasted. Mm. Um. So that, like, yeah, like you said, the premise is good. I think it's, it does have good tension. Um, particularly when we think it's a UFO and, you know, it comes and, and you don't, you're seeing glimpses of it. Like that, mm. that is quite good. Mm. But then when you see the big reveal, you're a bit, I was a bit disappointed. And you also get that TMZ guy who just comes out of nowhere onto their land and then dies. Like, yeah. that was a point. So what I thought this film was going to be is obviously they, so the premise is the Haywards are, like the last um, black wranglers in Hollywood and they're descended from the, f- the first actor because he was on a two second loop of uh, film, but was never credited and everyone's forgotten who he is. So I was thinking, right, OK, well, they're going to capture this alien and then they're not going to get credited for it. And it's going to be an allegory about how, you know, black voices or black creators are, you know, underappreciated or devalued. Mm. But it's, not at all because they <laughs> no so i mean i was like oh that would have been a good reading of it but it isn't i mean you got the the cinematographer who does he starts to capture it and then randomly sacrifices himself yeah what the fuck was they that lose about? all that footage so why did he do that i don't know <laughs> i mean i thought well, he was popping pills so i thought maybe he didn't have long left but again that's not explained so yeah i mean this film's it's all right it's it's just not on that level of film that Jordan Peele's made before. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's watch it for what it is. Don't try and read too much into it because you'll just end up getting frustrated. Yeah, and I think I think I, tweet, I tweeted this maybe two weeks ago and I kind of said, like, it's... Jordan, Jordan Peele's kind of, like, had these... Uh, Get Out and Us, which obviously had these kind of, like, deeper-lying message like social commentary behind them um and i think most people myself included glenn you're probably yourself included when he releases the film you think well again like you said just a second you expect there to be kind of like a message behind whatever it is that he's making and when a film comes out and it doesn't have that message or the message at least isn't as apparent as maybe it was in the two previous films i think are part of us uh, is disappointed because we kind of want to be able to read into these things and kind of think about oh, this means this and that means that but I think he deserves to be able to make films that don't have these kind of like messages behind them he just deserves to be able to just make a film for what it is that being said those films still need to be good <laughs> um, well I mean you've literally that is it I mean the fact that this film doesn't have a message is not what lets it down yeah. it's the fact that there are Plot, whole entire characters and plot points that are either underused or not necessary. Yeah, thanks. But yeah, so I gave it a six and a half. Uh, I'd probably give it a six. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I know that we've got a wrap up soon. Uh, has anyone been watching The Sandman? I've still only watched one episode. 
but we'll come back to it eventually. Yeah, same. I don't think I'm going to continue it. I watched episode four. Oh my God, it was so boring. <laughs> I literally watched it and I was like, wow, how did you drag this out for like 45 minutes? It was so boring. It's but, so interesting because I've yeah. literally, I've right. not seen, well, sorry, I've not seen anyone say, but like, obviously everyone who I've seen speak about it on like, Twitter and social media and stuff has said how good it is. Raving about it. Yeah. Saying it's so comic, so graphic novel accurate. Yeah. And I'm just like, uh, yeah. It's interesting. I don't give a shit about that, to be honest. But, you know, it's just not entertaining. It's so, like, dull and dour and just, like, moody. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you get up to episode four, we can talk about it. If not, we won't bother. Um, but, yeah, I guess next time we'll talk about uh, the next episode of um, She-Hulk. And I'm going to try and watch House of the Dragon, which came out yesterday. Yeah, boy. Uh, the yeah. Game of Thrones prequel. So really looking forward to that. I am also going to try and watch Orphan First Kill and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. But I'm not sure if I'll get time. because Orphan First Kill looks far week. up. I do not want to watch Does it. Does it? I don't know. Oh. I saw the trailer for it during Nope. I said, I'm not watching this. <laughs> not a chance. Oh, that's a bit of me. That is a bit of me. Um, I didn't see that trailer. I saw a trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is really good. Um, the Woman King, which looks interesting, um, and Beast. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. Right. Well, we will reconvene uh, in due course. Peace. Keep it sexy.